0: You can be seated. Let's uh open our Bibles to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, if you need a Bible and you don't have one, you can raise your hand real high and our ushers will be glad to loan you one of ours for the service today. The scriptures will be on the screen. Habakkuk, I'll give you just a moment or two to find that. That's uh, in the Old Testament. We uh, maybe don't turn there as often as we should, but uh, Habakkuk. Habakkuk. you all found that? Habakkuk. Again, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand real high and our ushers will be glad to get you one. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says this. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry titling this message today I want to talk to you today about dealing with disappointment dealing with disappointment now that's something that all of us have to deal with at some time in our life dealing with disappointment now The thing about it is is this is often I have been too quick to console someone who has been disappointed. And very oftentimes people over the years have been too quick to console me for being disappointed. And the reason I say that is is because I want to look at this disappointment thing from maybe a little bit different angle than than you might think of it. Because you know a disappointment comes, and then you know we'll we'll cry and boohoo over it. Somebody will usually come and boohoo with us, and and maybe there is a, a time and a place for that. I'm not saying that there there isn't, but but when you really look at it. Let's look at this disappointment thing from a little bit different angle this morning. It says the vision is yet for an appointed time. Now, you know, a lot of times people, of course, they get disappointed when the vision, the thing that they've been expecting, the thing that they've been wanting, just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Or or something contrary-wise happens or something happens in relation to that that dream that they have in their heart that it just didn't work out. It just didn't didn't come off the way it was supposed to. It hasn't happened at all or whatever the case. And and here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. The the first question I want to look at here is concerning this vision or this dream in your heart that can cause disappointment when it doesn't pan out. Here's the question. Is that vision really from God to start with? Is that vision, is that dream that you have from God, or that you have, that that vision or that dream that you have, is it really from God to start with? Now, I'm going to go slow here because I want you to think about this. Is that, that dream in your heart, that vision that you have, that dream in your heart, is it really from God to start with? Is it something that God wants for you? Or is it just something that you think it would be neat and cool? Is it something that you've concocted or come up with? You know there's there's a difference. Do you, do you know there's a difference? Do you know that there is? There's things that we can concoct and come up with, and uh, and, and but God's not in it. And, and a lot of times, see, people will get their own deal, they'll get their own dream, their own vision, and, and then they'll ask God to bless something that he wasn't ever in to start with. I tell you, it's so important that, that, that the vision that we have, the dream that we have in our heart, or dreams that we have in our heart, that they're from God. Now you can hold your place in Habakkuk, but I want to look at Jeremiah twenty nine and eleven. Jeremiah 29 and 11, and and I'm going to actually read this in the King James Version, so they'll have it on the screen in the King James Version. Jeremiah 29 and 11, the Lord speaks here and He says, I know the thoughts, or we could say the plans. I know the plans that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace or plans of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. See, God has an expected end for us. And it's it's an end of blessing and an end of fulfillment. But we're only going to get to that expected end if these plans that we have in our life, that we get them from Him. And it's not just something that we want or come up with. Notice, I know the thoughts or the plans I think toward you. See, and that's really the... The the, the thing I want to stress here again is that the the vision that we have from God, the plan that we, or the visions that we have, the plans that we have, we need to be sure that we get them from who? Okay? Did you you get that? These plans that he, he, he he has plans for us. He has stuff that he wants us to do, each and every one of us. He has plans for us, but the key is finding out what those plans are discovering what they are not just something we want but what he wants you understand that how many of you are you okay are you okay we need to be sure because we're talking about disappointment here today we're talking about dealing with disappointment and we have to be sure that our, that our dream, our vision is from the Lord and we get it from Him. Because if we don't and we get our own deal, we're going to go on down the road. Years can come and go and we can be asking the Lord to bless this thing, bless this thing, bless this thing, bless this thing, bless this thing. Bless this thing. And He's not in it to start with. And then we're all disappointed and broken hearted when the thing never works out. Well, he was never in it to start with. And we're disappointed over something he didn't want in the first place. And we're brokenhearted over something he didn't want in the first place. Are you okay? I'm going slow here. I'm going over. I want you to get this. Because you'd be surprised how many people are disoriented, confused, heartbroken, Because that thing they wanted never came to pass or it didn't work out. Was it God to start with? Now, we're talking about the plans that he has for you. Go to Luke, the fourth chapter, and the 16th verse. I want to show you something here. Turn to Luke 4 and verse 16. Do you know as you look at Jesus' life... Y'all know who Jesus is, don't you? You remember him? He's our Lord, isn't he? Yes. Now, as you look at his life, as he walked here on the earth, now, I don't ever see him where he's just absolutely heartbroken, distraught, disappointed because the thing that, that he was dreaming about or whatever didn't happen. Now, I do see him brokenhearted at times, he was brokenhearted when, when Israel didn't follow him, wasn't he? He cried, remember that, over Jerusalem? And remember when, when John the Baptist, his cousin, was beheaded? Remember that? Jesus was, was, was hurt. And, and certainly there's disappointment in that. But I don't ever see where Jesus is, is just distraught because, you know, that thing that, 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 that he wanted didn't come to pass. And then there's a reason for it. And we'll find it right here. Look at Luke 4, verse 16. He comes to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. How did Jesus, was he handed the Bible, so to speak? He was handed a book of Isaiah, wasn't he? Okay. And when he had opened the book, did he open it up? He, op- he opened it up. And notice this, he found, realize, say he found, he found, yeah, he found the place where it was written. He found in the Bible, in the, in the, now it wasn't the Bible as we have it today, you understand that, but the Bible nonetheless, we have the book of Isaiah, don't we? So he turned in the book of Isaiah, okay, he opened the book, he found something, he found the place where it was written, and notice what he found. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant. He sat down. The eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And then he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What happened here? Jesus found the plan for his life in the word of God, didn't he? He found really the place where it was written of him. What am I trying to tell you? He found out what it was that the father had for him to do. He found it in the book. He found it in Isaiah. His plan was from God. His dream was from God. His vision was from his heavenly Father. And then he walked that out. Do you remember there's another place where Jesus said, I do nothing except I first see the Father do it. Now why was Jesus, why don't we see him disappointed and and heartbroken and distraught? It's because... The things that he did, the walk that he had, was, was in line with the Word of God. It was in line with what his father wanted, and he walked that out. And you see, when we get the vision that we have for our lives from God... And, and we walk it out. I'm not saying there's not hindrances. I'm not saying that there's not things that happen and, and whatnot. But what I am saying is, if we get that vision from God and we're actually walking it out, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be far less cause for disappointment. What I see so often is people, they get disappointed because, like I said a while ago, the thing that they've been wanting didn't come to pass or something went contrary or whatever. And now they're all distraught and broken hearted. But when you get right down to it and trace it back. The thing that they've been wanting. God wasn't in it to start with. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I've dealt with people and you know well. Well they wanted a certain car. They wanted a certain car it was always their dream to have that certain car always their dream to have that certain car always their dream to have that certain car i never did get that car i never did get that car i've already seen some people they're just so they're just so down in the dumps because they never got that car well you know what maybe that car wasn't in the will of god for you to start with hey you know what else you didn't get when you didn't get that car you didn't get the tax bill that goes along with it And you didn't get those monthly payments that go along with it. Did you hear me? Oh, I want that car. I want that car. I want that car. I want that car. Yeah, you get that car and then you get something comes in the mail every month. It's called a B-I-L-L. Huh? And then at the, at the end of the year, you get the, another bill. Boy, there's a lot of bills that come, taxes. You get taxed on it. You don't only get taxed on it when you buy it, sales tax, but then you get taxed on it every year. Isn't that something? but i've already said, and, and, and let's talk about a house I didn't get the house yeah we yeah, we got to talk about the house. This probably gets to more people in the car the house, the house, the house, got to have a certain house, got to have a certain house, got to have a certain house, want this certain house want, want to have a house that's equal to the to the you know what is it keeping up with the the Joneses you know or and uh you know, I, I still go back to that commercial that was on some time ago. Remember that guy? He had this big house and all these cars and he had all this all this stuff. And I mean, remember that? And it's just, you know, I have this and I got that. And, it's just, and, then, and then the camera comes in on him and, 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 and he says, you know, something like this. He says, people ask me how I, how I do all of this. He said, I, I'm basically, I'm broke because I'm in debt. Remember that? I'm like, oh yeah, he says, I'm up to my eyebrows. How do you have all this stuff? I'm up to my eyebrows in debt. <laughs> and you just can't believe from reading the Bible that God wanted that guy to have all of that stuff and be miserable. And be miserable. Right. Huh? And I've seen people that in tears already because they didn't get the house they wanted. They didn't get the house. But again... You know, maybe that house was never in the will of God for you to start with. How many of you want to be in the house God wants you in? you know and 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 when the when when you walk in the blessing of the Lord, when you walk in the vision that God has for you, there's no sorrow that comes along with it. Did you hear me? Amen. You know what I'm saying and uh but I've watched people, you know, they, they have this vision for this house, this dream for this house. There's nothing wrong with want, you know, wanting, wanting to advance and all of that. But, but I've seen people, that, and they didn't get the house they wanted. And again, you didn't get the bills either, and so on and so forth. And this would apply to a job, you know. People, they, they well, I didn't get the job, I didn't get the job, I didn't get the job. Well, God might not have wanted you to have that job. Yeah, but I've always wanted to. See, that could be the problem right there. I've always wanted. But what has God always wanted? Huh? Because I know, and I won't go through the story because I went through it last week, but uh, when I didn't get that job teaching school in the Rockwood, uh, teaching math in the Rockwood school district, and I was just so distraught and down in the dumps and crying and, and, and mully grubbing in there with my wife, and then I was mully grubbing with my mom and crying and boo and going on, Time comes and goes, and if you, you find out God didn't, God never wanted me to teach there in the first place. And not that there's anything wrong with the Rockwood School District or anything like that. It's just God didn't want me doing that. But I wanted to do it. I wanted to do that from the time I was a youngster. I wanted to teach math at Eureka High School and coach the golf team. That's what I wanted to do. I never got to do it. Now I'm glad, but back at the time I was crying and distraught. And I had to deal with disappointment. And I didn't deal with it very well. I wish I'd had somebody to preach a message like this to me that could, could have helped me. You know, it's a lot of times, at the time we can't see stuff, it's not until we get past it and look back at it that we can actually see. Is that right? But there is something good to know that God, see if we'll hook in with Him and really seek Him, the Bible says He sees the end from the beginning. Doesn't the Bible say that in Isaiah 46.10? He sees the end from the beginning. Boy, it's good to run around with somebody like that. Doesn't the Bible say the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, that He'll show us, Holy Spirit will show us things to come. I know in my life there's and this bears repetition here because it helps people. Uh, there was a certain uh, person that that I wanted uh, I wanted to marry years ago. I as for I knew Diane, and I remember I walked up to this certain this certain. Uh, it was an ice cream stand, and I walked up to it, and and I never saw this girl before. And I walked up to it, and I was I was smit smote smited you know smitten and uh and, and she didn't want to have anything to do with me and uh over the course of the next 2 years i was went through a deep dark depression and and uh i mean it was so bad i've never shared this part of it before but it was so i used to drive to school with her Umsel, and it was so bad that that whenever i'd say goodbye to her you know On every day, I'd say goodbye. I'd get home, it'd take me about an hour and a half, two hours, going through, well, maybe I shouldn't have said goodbye to her the way I did. Maybe I should have said it a different way. Stealing my time. She didn't want to have anything to do with me. I couldn't eat. I lost weight. I mean, I was bound up. Because I wanted this relationship. I wanted it. I told God one day, "I want this woman. I want this girl," and, and I never got her. And now all these years have come and gone. See, I wanted this relationship, but God didn't want it for me. The only thing I can figure is God blinded her eyes. Because how could you? How could you pass me up? How could you do that? She told me uh, she wanted a fellow with a six-pack stomach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back then, it was uh, there was the word going around. It was called it was a flat belly. You know, and uh, and this friend of mine that owned the ice cream store said, "Yeah, she wants a flat belly, not a fat belly." You better you better choose your spouse not based on looks. Amen. You better let God choose them for you. Because what you know, what is the old saying: "Looks are only skin deep, but ugly goes clean to the bone." Is that right? Is that right? And there's some there's some real nice looking people that that they're that they do not have the the interior qualities. That that's the important thing. See, you understand? Are you okay? And so I didn't get her. So all these years have come and gone. And all I can tell you is this, is that looking back at it, had I gotten this person, it would have been a horrible life. I would have had a horrible life. I would have wound up clearly divorced. It would have been a mess. So I'm glad that one didn't work out. God wasn't in it. But see, at the time, I was terribly disappointed and distraught. But now looking back at it now, God had my best interest at heart. And so often the thing that we didn't get, that we were so set on getting and we didn't get it and we're disappointed over, now we get down on our hands and knees and thank God that we didn't get it. Sometimes God will protect us from ourselves, won't He? So the first thing is, is your vision from God? The second thing is, is your vision reasonable or realistic? Is your vision reasonable or realistic? Now, when you get a vision from the Lord, you know what I mean when I'm talking about a vision? I'm talking I, I don't mean that you saw some kind of woo vision type. I'm talking about he drops something in your heart. It's you know what I'm talking about? You got a plan for your life. First of all, is it from God? Secondly, is it reasonable or realistic? Is it reasonable or realistic? Now, what was the first point? Is the vision from God? What's my second point here? Is it reasonable or realistic? Is it reasonable or realistic? Now, when you get a plan from God, it will stretch, your, it will stretch you. It will stretch your faith. You understand that? But here's the thing I want to look at. Is the thing reasonable or realistic? Uh, for example, I've met people over the years. They were distraught and disappointed because they never became a famous singer, or musician, and they're just absolutely devastated because they didn't make the, they didn't make the, 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 the glee club at school. They still call it a glee club, or what do they call it? Concert choir. They didn't make concert choir. Well. I, I, I tell you what, well, there was a day I actually uh, wanted to play the flute. It's so fitting that she played the flute this morning. And, and, and I went to take some flute lessons at school, after school, and they handed me the flute. And I looked at the thing. Does she, do you have that around here? Where is that? I won't hurt it. Do you have it? Where is that flute? Where is the flute? Where Can I will you let me touch it? Where is that flute? Oh, Sherry, put it away. All right, that's all right. Well, you know, we'll pretend this thing here's the I don't blame her. She's not letting me get near that flute. But you know, to play it, you're supposed to play it like this. Is that right? Well, when I got, I'll never forget. I picked the thing up and I tried to <laughs> blow it like a trumpet. And they knew right away that I didn't have too much uh, promise being a flute player. And then when I did try to blow on it, I went, you don't blow on a flute like that. You, you, well, I don't know how you do it, but, but, but that didn't work out. And then I wanted to sing. And so I wanted to be in the concert choir. Sixth grade, and they put me in the regular choir, and they put me on the back row, and I couldn't understand why they did. And then, and then when I was in Sunday school, I remember sitting there, with, the girls would sing "Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah," and the boys would say "Praise ye the Lord." Anybody remember that from Sunday school and I remember I would always this girl her name was Alicia She sat right in front of me and then the the girls would stand and then the boys would stand up and I go praise Ye the Lord and she'd always look back and give me the dirtiest look What am I trying to tell you what I'm trying to tell you is Is that I'm not a singer or musician And no matter what you do. I'm not going to be able to do it Do you hear me? That doesn't mean I'm a bad person, it just means I'm not, I'm not a singer, I'm just not. Now an athlete, I wanted to be a professional golfer, and I, and I could have been a professional golfer, but I couldn't have been like Tiger Woods. I just, <laughs> well I couldn't play like that. Now, you know, what's the old saying? You can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. And I don't mean that ugly, but the point I'm trying to make is, is there's people, they want to be singers, they want to be musicians, they want to be athletes, and and they just don't have any ability. And one of the saddest things is when you got somebody that thinks they can sing, but they can't, but they think they can. How do you tell them? But you need to look at yourself and ask yourself, is this thing that you want to do, is it even reasonable or realistic? Is it even reasonable or realistic? Now, I know God can 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 do things, and I understand all of that. But, but the thing of it is, I mean, to make me into being able to sing like Pavarotti or Elvis or something like that, folks, it just isn't going to happen, all right? Can anybody say amen? It, it it just isn't. It's like if I wanted to be a pole vaulter in the Olympics. Now come on. But yet I deal with people. You know, over the years they, it is not realistic. It just it just isn't realistic. So is your vision? Is it realistic? Is it is it even reasonable? You know I. I I, know when we first started the church, I wanted to have a mega church. I wanted to have thousands and thousands of people coming. And I thought that it took that to be, to, to be successful. And I've had to learn that it doesn't. But, but I, I but you know, one thing again and again as I've talked to the, some of the pastors of these mega churches or you listen to some of the statements they make, one thing I've heard again and again and again is that it, it just basically drains the life out of them and their life is very miserable a lot of them and they got all those bills to pay and they can't sleep at night because they got all those bills to pay we just want what god wants for us look at matthew 25:15 very simple message here today is your vision from god and then, is it is it reasonable or realistic? And what I mean by that again is, you know, when God gives you something, yeah, it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith to bring it to pass. I understand that, but is it even reasonable? Is it is it even realistic? Um. Notice here, Matthew twenty five fifteen. You remember the talents when when he's talking. I know talents have to do with money, but it would apply to what we're talking about here. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Now, what does it say? To each according to his own ability. Own ability. So we each have different abilities. Do you all know who, uh, well, you all know who Tiger Woods is, right? Now, let me ask you this. What if Tiger, now, has he been given some real talent? Yeah. Has he? Has he? Yeah. Now, here's the question. What if he would have never picked up a golf club and practiced? Is he going to be as good? No, you have to take what God has given you and develop it. Is that right? And and you see, but like myself, I can practice like Tiger Woods all day long for weeks and weeks, and I'll get real sharp and real good, but I'm not going to be able to hit the ball like him. I just haven't been given that ability. And so I think we all, you know, we deal with disappointment because we didn't make the team or we didn't make this or we didn't make that. You know, we've got to get, get real honest with ourselves. And is this thing even reasonable or realistic to start with? And have I been given that ability? God has given each of us ability. The, the thing is, is to find out where that ability is and then develop it. Did you hear me? Now look at John, the first chapter here. I'm just going to teach on a few more minutes here. Go to John 1. You see, while you're turning to John 1, we must recognize and be content with who we are and who we are not. Amen. Did, you, did you get what I just said? Yes. Say this. Say, we must recognize, we must recognize. And, be and be content with who we, who we are and who we are not. That's so important, let's say, we must recognize and be content with who we are and who we are not. See, if you'll just find that out about yourself, it it, it can keep you from getting into disappointing situations. Have you ever heard of John the Baptist? He knew who he was and he knew who he wasn't. Look at John 1, verse 19. Now this is a testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem and asked him, Who are you? I wonder if I were to ask you that today. Who are you? What the answer would be. He confessed and did not deny but confessed, I am not the Christ. He knew who he wasn't, didn't he? And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. Are you that prophet? And he said, no. So he knew who he wasn't, didn't he? Then they said to him, well, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. So he knew who he wasn't. He knew who he was. And then notice what he says. As the prophet Isaiah said. Isn't it interesting? He found his ministry in the Word of God just like Jesus'. I don't believe any of us can find out truly what it is God has for us to do apart from this, this Bible here. We need to find what it is that God has for us to do. It needs to line up with the Word of God. John the Baptist knew who he wasn't, and he was content with who he wasn't, and he knew who he was. He knew that he was the voice of just one crying in the wilderness. He found, his, he found what he was supposed to do in the Bible. And do you know, now listen to this, now listen carefully. Because he knew who he was, he knew who he wasn't. Remember there was a day when almost all of John's disciples left him and went over to Jesus? How many remembers that? And John didn't take it personally. He didn't get all disappointed and distraught and boo-hoo. He said this, because he, he knew who he wasn't, he knew who he was, he knew who Jesus was, and rather than boo-hooing and crying, guess what he said? I'm, he, said he, must, he, he, he said, he must, Jesus, Jesus must increase, I must decrease. Now, if he wouldn't have known who he was, and if he wouldn't have been comfortable with that, that would have been a good time to be disappointed when all of his followers are leaving him and going over with Jesus. But he knew who he wasn't, he knew who he was, And he knew who Jesus was and he said, well, he must increase, I must decrease. You okay? Are you okay? And then the third thing I have to tell you is that when you do get your vision from the Lord, whatever it is he's told you to do, oh, I hope you're listening on this one. I've already alluded to it. Did you know that our vision from God is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration? And I have seen so many people disappointed and distraught because they got something from God all right, but now 10, 20, 30 years has come and gone and it still hasn't happened. And then you ask them, well, what have you done? What have you done? To bring to to, to what ha, what have you done about this? And they said, Well, I've just been just sitting here waiting on the Lord. Well, guess what? God's going to say back to that. I've been waiting on you. Amen. Did you get that? Yes, you know. And and I've seen this again and again and again. Well, people get something from God, but it never comes to pass. It's because they've never put their hand to the plow to do anything. Like I said a while ago, Tiger Woods has he been given a lot of talent. Yeah, but what if he never picks up a golf club and practices? Could Elvis sing? But what if he never sang? And this is one thing where my wife comes in real handy because I'm pretty good at getting what God wants to do. It just, that's kind of where I stop. I can get it. I know what we're supposed to do. But then she comes into my life and she makes sure that I get it done. Amen. I know the Lord said to my heart, spoke to my heart, when we were still meeting in our house, He said, Go down to the school, run a room, and teach my word. And if it wasn't for my wife, guess where I'd still be? I'd still be in that same house, in that same room, saying, You know, the Lord told me to go down to the school, run a room, and teach my word. But you know what my wife did? She wrote it on the on on the calendar and she called the school and she said, we need a room, we're going to rent it. And, amen. Because you can get a vision from God, but if you don't do anything to bring it to pass... Did you hear me? You can have the greatest athletic skills in the world, but if you don't get out there and train... And then there's the other side of it. You may not have any athletic skills, and you're out there practicing and practicing, and you're just not able to make the team. Well, that's not where your talent and your ability lies. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who builds it. Is that Right? So there's labor that can be in vain. If God's not in it, you're laboring, that's in vain. But if God's in something, you need to put your hand to the plow. This church didn't get built just by us sitting there thinking about it. We had to hire some people and put them to work. Is that right? You okay? Okay. Now, let's close this by, by, by dealing with this. What if your vision is from the Lord and what if you have been putting your hand to the plow and you've been doing all you know to do? Now certainly things happen, disappointments come to us all. But look at Habakkuk 2 verse 3 again. I want you to look at this. Look at this. The vision... Now we're going to assume the vision is from the Lord, okay? And we're going to assume you're doing everything that you know to do. Okay? Now, so I've got this vision from God. I'm doing everything I know to do. And it just hasn't happened yet. Well, why hasn't it happened? Because the time hasn't come yet. Is that right? But at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, what does it say? Wait for it. Because it will surely come. So if you've got your vision from God and you've done everything you know to do to bring it to pass, then what you need to do is just keep doing that and real loud say, "Wait, wait." wait. wait. Look at Proverbs thirteen twelve. Are you getting anything out of this today? I-, I-, I trust you are. Do you know what Proverbs thirteen twelve says? It says, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." But I want to look at that verse from a little bit different different aspect here real quick. I'm just going to go on a couple more minutes. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. A lot of people look at this scripture from the standpoint, well, that thing I've been hoping for, it's just been put off for so long and just hasn't come to pass and I'm just half sick about it. Let's don't look at it that way. Let's look at it this other way. Hope deferred. Hope deferred. Hope deferred. Actually, hope removed from our hope. If you don't continue in hope, it will make your heart sick. And this is what happens: is people do have a vision from the Lord, and they are doing all they know to do, but it just hasn't happened yet. Well, what do you do in the time there where you're waiting for it to happen? You hold on to hope. Because if you see hope deferred, most people look at that, oh, this, this thing hasn't happened in so long. and oh, Hope deferred makes you make it. Well, look at it like this. If you hope deferred, if you remove from hope, if you don't continue in hope, it's, you're going to get heart sick. So what you do is, is I've got this vision from God. I'm doing everything I know to do to bring it to pass and do my part. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait while I'm waiting. I'm going to stay in hope. I'm going to keep expecting. Amen. And if I don't, I'm going to get disappointed and heartsick. But if I'll stay in this hope and hang on to this hope and don't defer hope, then I'm not going to get disappointed and heartsick. I'm going to hang on to hope. Why am I going to hang on to hope? Look at Romans 5.5. 5. Go to it real quick. Romans 5. Why am I going to hang on to hope here? Because I got this vision from God. I'm doing everything I know to do. It hasn't come to pass yet, but I'm not going to give up. Here's what I'm going to do. Romans 5.5. 5. What is Romans 5.5? says, hope does not what? disappoint so hang on to hope because if you will hang on to hope you won't be disappointed did you know there's actually a little process to hope that i think i'll just throw this in here this will help you as much as anything see people don't understand this process and then they're not able to be in bible hope look at romans 5 here look at verse 3 and not only that but we also glory in tribulations Knowing that. Real i say knowing that. See, the Bible says we're supposed to glory in tribulations, but you can't do that unless you know something. What are you supposed to know? That tribulation, or when tough times come, when disappointment does come, what does it produce? It produces perseverance. Our patience, our endurance. And then verse 4, what does that produce? That produces character and then what does character produce hope and hope does not what disappoint look look real quick i i just got to get this in look at james one out of the mouth of two or three witnesses this will help you as much as anything james one look at this so i got this vision from god i'm doing everything i know to do i'm gonna wait here i'm gonna stay in hope but this has happened that's happened what are we going to do here James 1 verse 2, my brethren, count it what? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials or disappointments. There it is again, knowing that. See, you can't, you can't count it all joy unless you know something. What do you know? That the testing of your faith produces Patience. Now let's put that in line with Romans 5. We just read it. Okay, tribulation has come. Reason for disappointment has come. What do we know? We know that this tribulation, these tests and trials, what are they going to do? They're going to test our faith. And then as our faith is tested, it's going to produce what? It's going to produce this perseverance or this patience. And then that produces character, which eventually produces hope. Hope does not disappoint. And notice, let's finish this verse here. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces, what does it do? It, it, look at, look at James uh, 1 verse 3. The testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Patience. So count it all joy when you fall into various trials or disappointments. Knowing that what? What do you have to know? The testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Patience. So the trials come, disappointment, opportunity for disappointment, uh, your, your faith is being tested. What does that do? That produces patience, which produces character, which produces hope. Hope doesn't disappoint. Notice verse 4 here, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I've told you how to deal with disappointment here today. And for much, of the, for much of it, if you just find out what God wants you to do, and then, and then is that thing realistic, and then, and then follow that path, the disappointment, the, 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 the opportunity for disappointment will, 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 will decrease. Have you ever gone through a time, though, of, of disappointment, or you've gone through a trial, and, and it seems like God isn't saying anything? Has anybody gone through that besides me? You know, I, I saw something on Angela Burks here. She had a real good thing on, on her Facebook this week. I seldom look at Facebook, but it, I, I, I happen to be on this and, 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 I, and I needed it to hear this. This is really good. It's really good. You ever notice that when you're going through a test or a trial, God is quiet? Well, in school, when you're taking a test, isn't the teacher quiet? The teacher wants to see if you know what to do. So the next time you're going through a test or a trial or a reason for disappointment, it doesn't seem like God's saying anything to you. Well, what does a teacher do in school? What does a teacher do in school when you're taking a test? Is the teacher talking or they're usually quiet, aren't they? So when we're going through a test or a trial, God's being quiet. He wants to see if you've learned your lessons and see if you're going to pass the test. So, if you'll put into practice what we've said here today, when tests and trials come, we're supposed to count it what? Glory and tribulation. Count it all joy, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience, right? And patience, character. And what is character? It brings about hope, doesn't it? And hope does not. Realize, say, hope hope does not disappoint. And that vision is yet for an appointed time, you see. And it will come, if it's from the Lord, it will come to pass. Think about, do you all know who Brother Hagin is? you all remember him? Do you know nobody really knew who he was until he was in his mid-50s? And it wasn't until he got up into his 60s and 70s that that great Rhema Bible training center was brought about. And God showed him some of those things years before, but he just continued right on. And in the process of time, the vision did come to pass. How many remembers Moses? And God didn't even start using him on a big scale until he was 80 years old. Is that right? Aren't you glad either of those two guys didn't stop believing God? So you're here today, you've got the vision from God, you know what He wants you to do, you've done everything you know to do, just keep at it, and when tough times come, count it all joy, just continue on, hold on to hope, know that hope won't disappoint, just keep right on, just keep right on, and if you'll keep right on with God, you just wait and stay patient, and, and wait on God with a good and right attitude, and eventually, if that thing is from God, eventually it will come to pass, and, uh, and, and, and it'll happen, and just like God said it would and and it'll be a blessing to you it'll be a blessing to many other people can you say amen Amen. stand with me if you would I I hope you got this today praise God isn't Jesus wonderful praise God father I pray right now for the people that they heard what it was that we were saying and that each and every one of us would reevaluate ourselves is this vision that we have this dream that way is it from you Is it even realistic? Is it in line with what you've given us ability to do? And if that is the case, yes, on both of those, then we'll just continue to walk. We'll continue to be faithful. And as trials come, as tribulations come, we know it's just a test. We'll not be discouraged when you're not talking during the test because we know that you're watching to see if we're going to be able to pass. And as we pass and we move from glory to glory and if we'll wait with a good and right attitude that each and every one of us will see that vision, that dream that you've given each and every one of us, not only individually but corporately as a church body that come to pass in the process of time. Yeah, I come against a spirit of discouragement on certain people in here today, that 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 you that that you've been, they, it's like they've said, "When is this thing ever?" I come, I come against that spirit. You take your hands off God's property. Quit lying to these people. Quit lying to them in Jesus' name. Amen. And let this word, oh God, be an encouragement to us all that we're going to stay the course.